Right, ready? <laughs> hey Zoe, how you going? Very well, thanks Liam, how are you? Yes, I'm well, thank you. Hey everyone out there, welcome to the podcast, Turning Signals, episode one, officially episode one, mm-hmm. here we are, we made it. Uh, we've titled this one, Elephant in the Room. Tell us why Zoe. Oh, <laughs> straight into it. There's, um, I think I hear them now. Oh, yeah. No, um, I feel like there's an enormous gaping hole in um, sort of at least astrological conversations around the current affairs in the world. At now. least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I a, guess, a great meme. Sorry oh, to interrupt yeah. no, you, no, but no, just go. on that. Um, the While I get hold of these beasties. Oh, hang on. The follow the science. I follow the science, mm-hmm. except when it um, denounces Pfizer. Mm. So, Interesting. you know, we've seen actually like Pfizer release their own data. Mm. <laughs> there they are. Almost on cue. Multiple elephants in the room mm. by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I reckon so. Get outside. So you think um, there's some elements in the astrological community who are not talking about certain issues? I think that it's happened because astrology is pretty keen to be taken seriously. Right. Um, there are some incredibly highly intelligent academic minds within the kind of astrological community who have um, a platform, who have platforms from which to speak. And I guess in their um, attempts to be taken seriously in the wider world, they perhaps want to distance themselves from conversations around anything that could be deemed conspiracy theory-like. Controversial. Controversial, yeah, I guess. We, I mean, this podcast, part of the kind of motive for us was to take the opportunity to discuss Mm -hmm. these once-in-a-lifetime occurrences that are the once-in-a-lifetime in, in like, material reality. Mm -hmm. And it's evolving all the time, yes, really quickly. very quickly, yes. But, you know, as above, so below is the theme. Mm-hmm. Like, so astrologically, these things are going on. Mm. So, I mean, initially, like, when, when we were kind of forming this idea, you were saying that there's no one in astrology is really talking about, like, COVID. Mm. But what about, like, the the kind of astrology behind COVID. Is that is that being discussed in that arena? Well, it was long anticipated. The transit that sort of correlated with the commencement or the emergence of COVID. Um, and it was, I mean, that was broadly speaking sort of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn at the beginning of 2020 
which um, and then 2020 ended with the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction <clears throat> in Aquarius. So um, that was a huge, much-anticipated year for astrologers. It had been talked about for decades. Um, and, yeah, I think a lot of astrologers too in the lead-up to that um, were sort of conservative in their – because it was because of the archetypes that it involved, it was difficult to sort of put a positive spin on it. Um, and then when COVID emerged, it was like, oh well, here it is, the fear virus. Um, and in the sort of through twenty twenty, there were a few voices that sort of uh, meant used the word pandemic even. Mm. Um, but I haven't really. I mean, not that I am fully immersed in. You know, I'm not listening to everything that comes out by any means and please forgive me if I'm overlooking you or please alert us to other voices that might be having conversations that could either, you know, like argue with us or um, align with us or anywhere in between really. But what I have observed is that there seems to be a gaping void in terms of um, – debate, discourse, conversation around, yeah, the planetary archetypes and a kind of a critical view being taken in terms of what that's meant in the world. Um, and I'm not limiting that to Saturn-Pluto conjunction because that, I mean, that obviously was like this fear virus thing that happened. It took hold. Um, we were ripe for it um, as has been sort of delineated by um, Matthias Desmet with his um, recent mass kind of, formation. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So those those kinds of theories I think are so relevant to now. Um, of course, they reach back to Hannah Arendt um, and people like um, Le Bon and the study of, you know, like crowd mind and group all of think. group mind and, yeah. yeah, all of that kind of thinking from you know last century mm. um so yeah i just think there's a whole lot that's not being said mm. that is so interesting and i'm grateful that we have this forum to discuss it and yeah mm. i think there's heaps to say cool all right well let's let's talk what do you what do you kind of where would you prioritize um our elephants oh that's a good question well i mean I keep tending to turn back to the conflict between Ukraine and Russia just because that's kind of where everyone's looking at the moment. I guess, yeah, that's current. Mm, um, and I heard something this morning that was really interesting. I follow Russell Brand. I listen to him most days. You're a follower. I am a follower, <laughs> yeah. One of the 5.2 million or yeah, whatever he's, he's up to. Yeah, he's going very well. Mm, Deserves he is. it. He does deserve it. Um, so what he said this morning was about sort of the lead up to where we're at now with Ukraine and Russia and the US. And what is unsaid as far as I can see in mainstream media um, and in most conversations between especially perhaps among Americans, but um, which I've been privy to a couple of those lately, <coughs> um, is that the US and NATO and the EU 
particularly the US, um, have been antagonistic towards Russia and um, very sort of courting Ukraine for a long time and how that is now, you know, manifesting in the world in terms of Putin's, you know, yes, agreed, abhorrent, um, condemnable actions. You can't kind of bomb children's hospitals <laughs> and get away with it, you know. It's not cool. But um, I think there's just so much that's gone – that is – ongoingly unsaid about this situation mm. and um, well yet again there's like a dominant narrative yes and it, that's right it kind of stops there yeah um, yeah and to uh, raise any issues with that is to be aligned with trump and putin um which is really you know that's off-putting for people it's mm. it has been off-putting for me in the past um i now no longer care because i think it's so important that we talk about these things and especially because it's the US Pluto return um, currently and everything that I hear being said by admittedly these people are, um, you know, leftist um, sort of woke crowd, um, Americans, is just scapegoating Russia and Putin um, as a replacement for Trump, basically. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Um, as a, I, I'm kind of observing through social media that the, um, the kind of more conservative, the right wing in America are actually siding with. There's like a, an urgency to kind of side with Russia to some degree. Yeah. As as a way, like so that's the identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you're either kind of pro-Ukraine or pro-Russia. Mm. Um, I think that's kind of, it's a it's not everywhere, but there is that kind of, I don't know, that factionism mm. going on. Uh, it's um, it's disturbing how simplified it's become to me. I, I don't, um, I, I mean, it's obviously a co- complex issue, but I think it's worth being aware of the shadow nature of this situation. Um, mm-hmm. So the way Russell Brand put it this morning was um, he called them predatory loans um, being offered to Ukraine and actually the president of Ukraine in 2014 rejected um, those offers um, because – Presumably because he saw the strings attached. Who was offering the loans? Uh, so, presumably, like the IMF. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like corporate US or global corporation funded IMF, US tied, you know, all this kind of seedy underbelly of what's been going on in conflicts around the world for a long time. Mm. Um, in the article that he was talking about, he mentioned the coup in Bolivia and the civil war in Yemen mm-hmm. as having been pre preceded by the rejection of IMF funds. Okay. Mm, which mm. I just thought was so interesting. And, you know, in terms of like, I am not anti-Zelensky. I look at his chart. I see how 
He's really in the thick of it in terms of his own transits and this is a real moment of becoming for him. Um, and I genuinely wish him well. I genuinely hope he is what he appears to be. Um, he did steal my heart when I listen, when I've heard a few things that he's said, so mm. um, including the speech that he made to the EU a week or so ago. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want it to be as perhaps shady as it could be, um, but I definitely see that. I mean, Ukraine's divided um, naturally, like the, there's polarisation within Ukraine. Mm. And um, that's been exploited by the US and that is not being made clear or discussed in the media. Mm. People should know that. I mean, that's really interesting. That's a real nuance to the whole thing. And, I mean, um, it was Albert Maisel's who said um, tyranny is the deliberate removal of nuance. And I think that quote is just brilliant in terms of like Neptune in Pisces, I think, the emergence of wokeness, mm-hmm. um, safetyism, mm-hmm. uh, all of those kinds of themes, cancel culture, um, have sort of happened through the Neptune through Pisces transit that began in 2011. Um, we have seen a rise in the power that is associated with that whole scene, um, which has become a very left leftist orientation. Um, gender, po- oh, sorry, identity politics and mm-hmm. gender being among one of the dominant issues that they seem to focus on. Um, yeah, so I just think the whole thing is a huge big mess, as should be Neptune in Pisces with Jupiter applying to it. And what I'm hoping for in the next week leading up to the full moon in Virgo is, and beyond that as well, is mass disillusionment and I hope, I mean, that's my, and I mean that genuinely and heartfeltfully in terms of what that will lead us to. I have hope that if we allow ourselves to become disillusioned, um, things can begin to shift Mm. in meaningful ways. But because disillusionment hurts, it's so uncomfortable um, in every, what, the likelihood is that that may not occur because we'd prefer to go down the path of mass distraction. <laughs> okay, yeah. But um, and denial, I suppose. Yeah, that yeah. Continuation and this, of denial. Yeah, yeah, and just succumbing to the plethora of illusory content that we have at our fingertips all the time. Like it's just so easy to check out, and um, yeah. Unfortunately, that seems to be the human tendency that we allow to kind of dictate our trajectory. Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah, well, well said. Um, I think I I had some quite strong thoughts on Russia earlier on, mm. but uh, I don't have a lot to say on the issue now. Um, I, think I surprise I, myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I witnessed some footage on the news. Um, I, you know, I try not to watch particularly mainstream television Mm. news. But um, I was exposed to some footage, which I think it shocked me a fair bit. Mm. You know, I witnessed like some atrocity. Mm. And um, since then I've kind of been like, I'm going to sit this out a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, there's certainly things that 
are being left out of the the discourse, if you can call it that, the the narrative. Mm. Um, Russia identifies <laughs> uh, as a a bear. It's mm. national animal. It's it's like emblem is the bear. How interesting. You you're poking the bear. Yeah. Like America has, has this oh, like obsession, so this like long term, like this history of just poking the bear and shooting bears. Mind you, I mean, there's thing. I've I've spoken with some people this week who are they kind of identify as like pro Putin. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I can't really, I don't, I don't really know their motives. Mm. Um, there's talk about the right wing, the like Nazi, neo-Nazi kind of faction within Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, Ukraine working with, you know, shadow governments in the US. Mm-hmm. The erosion of traditions and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Putin is a self-appointed dictator who has done away with democracy. Um, he's been in that position for over 20 years mm. and he's not passing the baton. He doesn't consult people. No. Um, so he's a dictator mm. for all intents and purposes. Mm. Um, who can blame him? <laughs> well, in, in a way, I mean, Russia's like a, it is a political island mm. in a way. It's yeah. got such a unique history. Yeah. And of course, its geography is complex mm. um and challenging no they've got no warm water port mm. that all their ports freeze over so that's hence the annexation of is that a word i yeah. think so yeah. of crimea mm-hmm. um so that's a port that won't freeze that they now have given themselves access to yeah and that happened as a result of that conflict in 2014 too mm. that involved the rejection of the u.s's advances right yeah, and yeah, then there's like NATO mm. and all of the things that we don't know about that happen with yeah. regard to that. And yeah. there's intervention there that I'm sure goes like crazy conspiracy deep. Yeah, Rothschilds no and yeah. All well, that actually, shit. funny that you say that because Putin. I read last week that Putin actually paid out the debts owed to the Rothschilds specifically. Russia's debts. Russia's debts. Right. Yeah. With Russian oil money mm-hmm. that was, you know, presumably legit. I mean, and that's like independence, right? Sovereignty. Yeah, that's that a, is that's, a total. That's a shot over the bow yeah, of like yeah. new world order stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very interesting and much more complicated than it might appear. And there's, of course, there's like going to be things that are good. And things that are bad, yes. for want of better terms. Well, that's there's what gonna nuance be light is, isn't it? That. That's like it's, there's going to be things that I would agree, like go Russia, yeah. and other things like go don't Ukraine. do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, it's not easy, and I don't pretend to know everything about it by any stretch. But I've been enjoying learning about, learning more about it all, and um, observing the sky in correlation to it and mm. yeah Putin too is under a lot of pressure in terms of his astrology um and as well the way that his astrology uh, I should say that his chart is actually not highly rated um in terms of time and possibly even date but um it's the one that is worked with generally um Putin's a Libra right 
he is a Libra, yeah. I just like went blank then. I was like, because I'd been thinking so much about his progressions. Um, yeah, he's got a big Libra stellium that involves, which is a group of planets um, in Libra that involves Neptune and Mercury, Sun and forgive me, I'm forgetting there's another planet involved there too. But yeah, oh, I, I've even got his chart here. I can double check. I'm not, um, I mean, I'm not <coughs> trying to draw too much off of that. Oh, yeah, I just, no, There's no. a podcast okay. that I listen to, Red Scare, mm-hmm. um, the two kind of hot bitches in New York or LA or wherever they are. Okay. They're both cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of talk very, like, uh, in very shallow terms about sun signs. Yeah, sure. And they were talking about, um, Putin recently. Oh God, it's Saturn. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, right. And, yeah. and that he's a Libra. They were like, mm, "That's strange." I bet he's got a Scorpio moon or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, he has out. a Gemini moon. That's interesting too. But well, assuming that the time. I mean, yeah, could be out. Could be out. But yeah. Anyway, it's very interesting and um worth speculating on. I I tend to think that Neptune is um if not the dominant force, which is a weird way to refer to Neptune. Um, certainly, yeah, a, the sea in which we're all swimming in terms of, <laughs> yeah, the transits for this week, month. Yeah. Okay. It, and, um, yeah, Putin's definitely in a bit of a hazy fog, I'd suggest. Mm. But, yeah, um, perhaps we should – well, yeah, I mean – what, move on? In terms of maybe, just yeah. like segue into um, there was something else that came out in the last week, um, the conversation between Naomi Wolf and Edward Dowd at the Daily Clout, which is Naomi Wolf's platform, I think. Okay, tell me more. Uh, well, it was just, I mean, without delving too deeply into it, Edward Dowd is just asserting um, that fires are, are fraudulent in their claims. And Edward um, Dowd is a... He's an investment analyst kind of a guy, like a finance dude. Mm-hmm. Wall, Street Wall Street kind okay. of man. Yep. Um, yeah, and I'm, I've been unable to find any kind of source to do his chart. But, um, yeah, he certainly seems legit and he had some very interesting things to say in terms of um, as more information comes out, as those Pfizer documents are released gradually, um, it's pretty compelling and pretty damning kind of evidence that they certainly weren't as, um, what's the word, benevolent. (laughs) They were very opportunistic in what mm. they did and um, being as we were all governments included under this kind of mass formation, this hypnosis, um, as were Pfizer, you know, people themselves to be generous, it was just a perfect storm, everything that kind of played out from COVID's arrival, I think, and um, without, you know, getting too finger pointy about it um and scapegoating Pfizer in particular but they definitely had information that they have withheld and they've definitely 
mishandled the data. To the ends of making profits. He's coming from a, um, I mean, he's a financial analyst, so he's coming from like an economic place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. And he sees that as the adverse events, um, medium, long-term start to come out as well as the documentation of the data that's coming out, um, all of that will eventually expose Pfizer's fraud and then government complicity in... I mean, governments, to be very generous with them as well, had been lobbied um, heavily by Big Pharma for a long time before this had happened. So I guess the favour was called upon Mm. um, when it came to a quick fix, what was promised to be a quick fix way out of the pandemic issue. Um, Sure. I guess that's sort of how it it occurred and unfortunately there's been significant collateral damage done and, yeah, where we go from here – is anyone's guess, but you can see um, the distancing from, you know, even Bill Gates coming out <laughs> with his admission that Omicron is more effective than the vaccine um, a couple of weeks ago. So mm. I think that was after the Leo full moon. So yeah, a few weeks ago now, but that was quite an admission. And um, yeah, sort of, and with the now conflict in Russia and Ukraine, it's like, All of a sudden, we're not paying attention to Pfizer's documents or any other kind of COVID-related case numbers aren't being counted like they once were, and certainly not comparing vaccinated and unvaccinated (coughs) rates of COVID and hospitalisation and death and all those kinds of... So, yeah. Yeah. um, It's crazy that... um, I mean, COVID's a bit last week now... Um, there's that meme that was flying around um, that P- Putin was up for the Nobel Prize for ending COVID. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only saw the one with Prince Andrew on the phone. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Phoning Putin to say he was looking for a distraction, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's all those things, but... Mm. Um, yeah, it seems like there's not a lot of reaction to the Pfizer documents, um, their findings, and the, the, the proof of how irresponsible they've been, mm. which is actually being evidenced in their share price falling mm. through the floor. Um, oh, yeah, they must be, yeah, upset. I mean, so there's... Like Zuckerberg. There's these proofs mm. that are coming out saying like... It seems irrefutable, right? And that's what I'm hoping for with the mass disillusionment. Yeah. I really hope that it becomes so obvious, this big elephant in the room, that we are unable to stick red herrings in our ears anymore to not hear them. You know, like it, we have to we have to wake up and smell the coffee. Mm. I'm just going to drink my iced yeah. tea that I made. I've been trying to do it quietly, but it's orcs. It's got ice <coughs> in it. It's delicious. It is. Um, so cool. Yeah. I mean, what else? I mean, I've got <laughs> episode one 
here in my book, mm-hmm. the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. Pfizer results, and then I've got free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, these notes were kind of planned like a week or so ago. So I think we were going to kind of talk about free speech. Well, I think we life. should. I think the moon's in Gemini. It's the first quarter moon mm. <coughs> under which we are sitting. It's just risen So um, where we are in Bunbury. So, um, yeah, and... I think free speech is ailing, mm. isn't it? <laughs> mm. um, kind of gagged and tied out the back mm. um, along with the elephants maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, certainly something that uh, – you read something yesterday. What was that book? Oh, that was Nick Cohen's You Can't Read This Book. Yeah. Yeah. Do, so, should I read that quote again? Yeah, I reckon you should. All right, I, stand by. I'll I just found it, it so, yeah, pertinent to where we're at. And um, I'm just going to keep talking while you... Um, in terms of cancel culture and um, all of that kind of safetyism where to be challenged even on that conversational level is taboo now. I just think that that is incredibly dangerous territory to be in and the way that, um, look, I don't identify as right wing at all, but I definitely have become increasingly aware of the dangers of the left policies, um, including this like attack on free speech. Mm. That seems to be um, winning. <laughs> we'll see if we get cancelled. <laughs> well, um, so this is in the chapter titled How to Fight Back, John Milton and the Absurdity of Identity mm-hmm. Politics. That's right, John Milton. Paradise Lost. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, so... I guess oh, I will, I'll read this whole page because um, it's brilliant. Um, the one escape left from reductio ad absurdum for those who say we must censor to protect the majority within a religious group or any other community from the psychic harm that comes from hearing a strongly held view challenged is for the liberal proponents of censorship to admit that they support censorship on utilitarian grounds. Mm-hmm. They must believe that the harm to tender feelings and brittle minds of believers caused by the publication of an argument, satire or expose outweighs the benefit to the individual author of exercising his or her rights and of readers exercising theirs. They must take the possibility of violent reprisals as honourable reason to ban a book rather than the best of reasons for defending it. To this way of thinking, even if the Ayatollahs issuing death threats have not read the novel, and if the expose of the subjugation of women is correct in all factual respects, liberals must join the religious in demanding suppression. Mm. They must hold that if the majority of a nation or community agrees on one issue, that divorce is immoral, in Milton's case, that mockery of the prophet is blasphemous, in Rushdie's, it has the right to demand silence, even if the community or nation is in other aspects 
sorry, other respects, proving its lack of social cohesion by fighting civil wars as Protestants were in the 1640s. Mm. They must mount the barricades against new thoughts that might torment and enrage the faithful and say that no one can be the first to clamber over them, as Milton was the first Englishman to begin the argument for freedom of speech, or Mary Wollstonecraft was the first woman to argue for women's rights, or Salman Rushdie was the first novelist to subject the myths of creation of Islam to ironic inquiry, or Ayan Hirsia Lee was the first politician from the poor world to warn Europeans of the dangers of tolerating religious abuse. In short, they must favour mob rule, the policy of demagogues, which liberals once earned what distinction they oppose, they possessed by opposing. Mm-hmm. Which I really agree with that. Like if you're going to have integrity, <sighs> you need to be like opposed to free speech. Yeah. If you want to shut up certain critics, it's about like what because we don't agree with you, we have to. We're not allowed to speak. Uh, it's that fragility that he mentioned, isn't it? It's like the anti-fragile, fragile yeah. thing, which yeah. is another cool point that we were talking about last week. That, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a slippery slope and it all, for me, ties in a lot to this um, Jupiter-Neptune-Pisces thing. That's it, it seems to be really coming to a head. Um, at least we've got the fuel for the fire if we choose to burn this thing to the ground and expose what's really going on, which, you know, it is being exposed. Whether or not we want to pay any attention to it is, I guess, an individual kind of a thing because the information is available Mm. and certainly compelling and certainly, you know, like if – even if mainstream media are keeping it on the down low um, and that sort of keeps, you know, the conformist masses in the dark, I guess we have to allow for that in the sense that that's where they want to be because there's so much alternate information available if you want to find it. It's pretty easy to find it. Mm. Um even in terms of like Russell Brand, <laughs> you know, or like Joe Rogan, who was, you know, in the Leo so. full moon spotlight not yeah. so long ago. So, I mean, I, I guess you've got more alternative views kind of entering. Um, the mainstream's not quite right. No, but it's, but it's definitely coming into the collective. Yeah. Like it's available. It's and more accessible, I suppose. Yeah. And it's more. Uh, present it's got more presence yeah Um, yeah i I guess like i just can't help but think about like um you know the the echo chamber of the internet um you know the shaping of search results that people generally i know don't really look outside of even if they kind of attempt to their their findings will kind of be shaped um, well mine certainly are and that's the thing i do live in my own bubble which is shaped by the sources that I Substack. seek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Substack, yeah, largely. Um, yeah, but I mean, even, you know, if you're paying attention, like yesterday, um, McGowan and Palmer in court and McGowan's text messages that's came out between... fearless leader in Western Australia. That's here. right, yes, yeah. Mark McGowan. So, what, what is he? Our Premier. Premier. 
that's a joke, isn't it? That's yeah, ironic. He's Premier. He's a, <laughs> I mean, he's so. For those who don't know, he was elected like unopposed. Mm-hmm. 78% of the vote or something. A mere 12 months ago. So we've got a long way to go with him as a, at the helm. As in, like a dictator for all intents and purposes. Well, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I think it might have surprised him as well mm. what a dictator he became, mm. um, you know, to be ultra generous with him. But, yeah, I mean, he and I share a birthday. And um, so that's also interesting because I've been undergoing the same kinds of um, the Pluto sun transit that he has um, in recent years. So, and looking at how he sort of <laughs> manifested that, <laughs> yeah, totalitarian kind of doesn't even begin to um, touch sides. But yeah, so looking at, and so then Clive Palmer's chart. So Mark McGowan's son is on Clive Palmer's south node. Mm. in cancer so that's really funny and interesting because there's something really like karmic and entangled between them on a kind of a soul level but in terms of what that means like because neptune and pisces have everything to do with like the collective and um so there's like there's no boundaries so you know we're all in this sea mess together um and people if they want to pay attention, I mean, it takes a minuscule amount of critical thought to, for example, the text messages, as I was about to say, between Mark McGowan and Kerry Stokes. So this is in the available in mainstream media. Um, Kerry and Stokes so, is the owner of um, Channel, 7. Channel 7 Network. Yeah, so that's right. So Media mogul. Yes, and prior to that, involved in things like uh, property development and... Um, like earth moving kinds of so in Western industry. Australia, he's, a, he's a proper elite. Like he, yeah, class. absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he too is undergoing some pretty serious kinds of transits. He's a Virgo, big Virgo stellium. So, um, yeah, the fact that, so these guys texting each other um, around, you know, obviously like what's going to be published on the front page of the, Stokes-owned newspapers, media outlets, you know, like what's going to be made public in terms of Mark's own agenda, Mm. dear to his heart, and um, the way he'd like to be perceived, which is a nice – it's nice to have friends in high places, right? Like it's very helpful undoubtedly. Anyway, so just to consider even briefly what that actually means in terms of like that's not an anomaly – that is the norm within mm. these circles. Mm. It's absolutely how the world is run mm-hmm. through text messaging and email trails that are very incriminating and just simply redacted mm. if they don't fit the narrative. Um, so I think – and that's why I love that Clive Palmer's involved in this because, man, I was among those hating on him too 12 months ago or whatever – yeah. And always, like, I fear the UAP getting elected this Clive year. Palmer's party. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, because in terms of, like, I applaud that he's all about freedom now, but that's very convenient. Yeah. Well, he's also. <laughs> because he about also is after exploiting total, like, the fucking resources. Freedom of that, red tape, right? Oh like, man. That's, that's why we all opposed Clive. That's um, right. Because he wanted to just go in and 
like mine national parks. Yeah. And destroy, destroy. The Great Barrier Reef. For his personal reef. profits. Yes. His personal. Yes. And didn't even want to pay tax on Absolutely, things. Absolutely, yeah. No, he's he, he's certainly not the solution, but... um. It's funny now he, he's got like this... I mean, talk about throw him a bone, you know, because he's got this kind of liberal, like economic philosophy mm. that he stands by, mm. which now he can kind of convert into like freedom for all on all matters, including freedom His to own. develop <laughs> mines in national parks <laughs> and freedom to not get vaccinated. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this is what he stands for. He's yes. the, the party of freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and yeah. What does that mean? And that's a cool, I mean, that's like everything has a shadow, doesn't it? Mm. Everything has a shadow. So similar to the greater good and its enormous shadow cast upon us all now. Um, yeah, freedom too has a shadow because when, when does freedom end? When does individual freedom end? And what can that erode? Yeah. What and can you freedom. erode in the name of personal freedom? Right, of But course. similarly, what can you erode in the name of the greater good? And that's well, what, what ha- has what been... What are you eroding in the name of uh, public health? Yeah, like yeah, that's is, right. That's and the, safety. That's the 20th century, yeah. right? Um, yeah. History is repeating as we speak. Yes. Can we um, actually go into the conversation around public health? Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a sensitive topic for you, but it's, you know, West Australia's borders have just recently opened to international arrivals for vaccinated travellers and... COVID cases are going to peak on Monday, they reckon. Cool. So what are they now, like 2,000 or something? Uh, I think they're getting close to... I don't really know, to be honest. Maybe... I think they're peaking around 10,000, though, on Monday. Which is... Oh, yeah, it's out of control. It's Mm. totally hectic, isn't it? Clearly, we're overrun with this deadly disease. Yeah. So one of the measures that's been put into place is masking of children Mm. um what what can we say about i mean i when that was announced i was appalled Mm. and kind of vowed to uh not wear my mask um in solidarity you know yeah just to and i you know honestly this week being out and about i've seen like more people not wearing masks Mm -hmm. um particularly uh, i've seen like parents with children Oh, yeah. Not wearing masks wow. in, in public settings, which I just feel like we need more of that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I rarely go out, but... um, Is there like a, some correlation in astrology with regard to that or is there anything that... I mean, what would you like to say on the, the masking of children? Oh, it's... I find it uh, intolerable. Um, I've taken my kids out of school as a result. Um I was told by a GP earlier this week that my desire to um, have them receive a medical exemption was, quote, wrong and that (laughs) um, my asking for one was wrong and it would be wrong for her to grant my children one and that my children should be masked because they are in danger um masks it is well well documented by reams of research that masks especially fabric homemade soiled kids masks absolutely offer no protection whatsoever and in terms increased of increased risk of airborne virus right and increased risk of 
sickness from of course bacteria. secondary issues yeah was it so your mate Dowd <coughs> that you mentioned before who was saying that um doctors have no as part of a medical degree do very little to nothing in statistics I, so I, um, he might have said that i didn't actually notice him saying that if so he i heard did, that during the yeah, week uh, and yeah. i thought about that with relation to like you know your <laughs> this doctor that you saw yeah. who said like your children should be masked and it's like based on what mm. like what are you actually basing that and it's like well if she doesn't know how to interpret statistics she's just i think watching she's, the news or something well right? yeah and i'm sure that she's directed by apra which is our mm-hmm. body for health professionals in australia um and i guess I know and they, that do, they, they interpret the statistics for her i guess so <laughs> and because you know to be fair ultra fair she's busy and she's probably got kids and she's probably anxious about all manner of things and to have someone like me come in it just pissed her off and it's fine I'm happy to wear it but it's um it what it really told taught me is a couple of things one is that um I feel like I just want to um not participate Mm. in society in that kind of a way like um, if that she as a representation of the systems that are in place that are like epically failing us mm. um, is something that I want to distance myself from mm. and my family from and the same being with schools and our principal has been very um, you know clear that she will not engage in any um, conversations about whether masks work or not and whether the risk assessments have been done adequately, um, whether they are being, you know, whether the mask mandate is being imposed She's straight safely. up going to follow the yes, directive. That's it. That's all. Yep. That's all she will say. So, and I understand that and I, I see why she and the doctor are taking that line, but it's lazy. It's, well, it, and it, it's 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 the easiest one. Right? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's conformist, isn't it? And I mm. mean, that's so. That's the other thing it sort of showed me is that majority of people are conformist. Well, this is something we were talking about yeah. a couple of days ago, which yeah. I thought was super useful. Actually, the yeah. um, evolution comes from resistance. Yeah, and, like, and non-conformity. Yeah, yeah, and then and that's the minorities. Survival role. come from survival conformity comes from conformity and yeah. compliance and yeah. being able to follow a strong leader. Unfortunately, we don't have a strong leader anywhere. Like it seems, mm. like that. I mean, show me one. I don't. I really, genuinely can't see a strong leader the, anywhere. Well, there's not one been elected, right? And I suppose that's. <sighs> I mean, I'm prepared to kind of go out on a limb here, but I, I suppose I, I can't get away from... I'm starting to get away from it, but I, I wrote down here this last week, I just can't seem to get away from the basic idea that if it were conservatives enacting mm. these very measures, um, that we, people wouldn't... There'd be riots, there'd be like mass resistance. People wouldn't accept masking of children. They mm. wouldn't accept vaccine yeah. mandates. Imagine but if it be- was Trump. Exactly, right? I mean, there'd, there'd be a complete civil war. Oh, riots. But because you've got like handsome Trudeau, the charming Ardern, mm-hmm. um, handsome liberal Macron, mm. like those, those like 
those leftist like Bastard. progressive <laughs> this really progressive like younger generation mm. of like attractive leaders um he and they they've all been fucking put in there mm. like by klaus and you know this morning i was listening to a um an episode of a brilliant podcast philosophize this um, he does two episodes on Carl Schmitt, mm-hmm. Carl Schmitt on liberalism. Carl Schmitt was, ugh, he was a member of the Nazi party, but he also was very clever. Um, and he he argued in his life that liberalism and liberal politics would lead to a weak society mm. who elected weak leaders. And here we are. Yeah. And so because I guess like the grounds for that is that Liberalism kind of excused people from participation in politics. Mm. Um, and that reminds me of like Hannah Arendt. Mm. The origins of totalitarianism mm. came from people being like, oh, no, we can leave it up to them. We don't need to think about politics. It's and, all sorted. And, and then, people looking for a promotion. <laughs> Bureaucrats who are just trying to climb the ladder and be like they are guilty by association, but they're also a part of something mm. and that banality of evil kind of thing where you just there's no evil masterminds you just it's go just with it. people going it, with what the narrative has been and because been there's suggested. this like there's a political void internally so people kind of forget to check their their morals their ethics it becomes not a part of like individuals fabric and mm. the fabric of society mm. so yeah, that's yeah, interesting. It is And I guess like we – essentially we are in a liberal society and ultimately like we're in a pretty weak position mm. and we have weak leaders. Mm. Hopefully these things are all in a state of flux and like as a result of our mass disillusionment imminent, um, things will begin to shift. I'm ever hopeful but also aware that there are no assurances and that – Things do rely on us as individuals having integrity and courage. And we have to participate. Yeah, that's right. As Hannah Arendt always said, we've got to be involved in politics So and many clever philosophers have said that. Yeah, I'm like, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Plato said, like, you know, to, to not participate in politics is to like a victim of it or something yeah or something right like that. well like i think he learned that through hard experience maybe because i i thought plato bailed on everything after socrates yeah died. well he he bailed on the idea of democracy and yeah, yeah. and Wait. i i thought he even checked out for a while um i could be getting my wires crossed but yeah yeah anyway. it's been a while since i visited those guys and then hearing you say that it may have been aristotle anyway i will I will check that. You've got homework. I, I just do. want to say briefly going back to McGowan and Palmer, what Palmer's doing, um, as are many others in the world now, through their showing up authentically, mm. such as it is. I mean, <laughs> Palmer showing up authentically, I'm not exactly sure what that would really look like. But in terms of a symbol, he has son conjunct Eris and Eris is all about that um, – inadvertent kind of exposure of others simply by being who we are so we show up in our in all of our whatever we are-ness mm. 
and that is enough to provoke others to expose themselves. And so that's it seems like a really good fit with what's gone on between McGowan and Palmer mm. in terms of Palmer just pushed in his pushy way mm. and McGowan reacted in his Cancerian defensive kind of a way. Claws and out. Yeah. Nips out. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was thinking maybe next episode we can talk about Eris some more. So yeah, maybe we, we really can come back to, to that. Yeah, we really need to bring Eris in. Yeah, we need to She's invite her. definitely invited. <laughs> before yes, she is. crashes the yeah. party. <laughs> um, hey, it's not too late. I want to read this, this Alexander Solzhenitsyn quote um, with reference to masking of children and mm-hmm. participation. Um, all right, it's from his essay, Live Not By Lies. We are approaching the brink. Already a universal spiritual demise is upon us. A physical one is about to flare up and engulf us and our children. While we continue to smile sheepishly and babble, but what can we do to stop it? We haven't the strength, but we can do everything. Even if we comfort and lie to ourselves that this is not so. It is not they who are guilty of everything, but we ourselves, only we. And therein we find neglected by us the simplest, the most accessible key to our liberation, a personal non-participation in lies. Even if all is covered by lies, even if all is under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold not through me. So, taking the mask off, I feel compelled to do that. Yeah. To not participate in the lies yeah here here bravo and it's it's troubling to consider that he wrote that Mm. 70 years ago post gulags um but you know reminds me of one of my favorite memes that i've seen in recent times Mm. for updates on current events consult your mid-century philosophers Mm Yep. Yeah, ain't nothing new under the sun. No. But then again, I mean, we're in brand new astrological times, right? I mean, that's well, what's so crazy. Like, turning. we've got this this brand new once-in-a-lifetime mm-hmm. astrological backdrop that's influencing everything. Yeah. And then we've got this societal and human nature going on mm. that's like... <laughs> manifesting in ways that it's so familiar. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm so glad that we're talking about it. I mean, the the human shadow is what it is, isn't it? And a, a significant part of that is the need for power and control. Mm. And that sort of manifests through people who have not done their work in quite am I going to say evil? Evil kinds of ways. They haven't done their work in evil ways? No, they haven't done their work and so they therefore manifest their... Oh, gotcha. ...those dark kind of urges for power and control. So to deny the shadow, it grows, it festers in the dark. Yeah, it distorts. I Mm. mean, the, the shadow is a source of incredible creativity, wisdom, insight, vulnerability, power. But... um. It can't do that if you won't integrate it 
and you can't integrate it unless you allow it to be seen, invited to the table, mm. like Eris. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, great chat. Yeah. Anything else you. that you want to go into uh, this week? We're coming up to an hour, so. Yeah, I guess that's probably plenty of food for thought. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess the sun is conjunct Neptune on Sunday, so a bit of dream work perhaps for people. Mm. Yeah, I've been meaning to start uh, to begin to like write down my dreams again because mm. I, I, I know I dream quite a lot lately, but I... I never remember them at the mm. moment, so I've got to try to get back into that Yeah, it's a practice, definitely, mm. like giving a bit of room to that first thing mm. just to make some notes. Before even. you look at the phone. Yeah, well, it, yeah, even if you only grasp like a, a scene or like an image, mm. that alone is enough mm-hmm. to explore. Yeah, I think that's a... A good takeaway. Mm. All right. Well, thanks, Zoe. Thank you, Liam. Uh, this has been the Turning Signals podcast, episode one. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in a week's time um, with some more content. Um, and by that stage, we'll also have some links that you can check out uh, via Substack, mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, we'll get the Patreon going with some perks. Yeah. So and we'll see you at the or under the Virgo full moon. Yes. It's a date. See you there. All right.